On the Record with White House correspondent April Ryan. Well, in the midst of this climate of expectation of performing our privilege and our right with voting. Today, I'm pleased to have with me the head of the nation's oldest civil rights organization, uh, Derek Johnson, head of the NAACP. Thank you so much for joining me with On the Record with April Ryan. Thank you for having me. So, we got a lot to talk about in a matter of days. We're going to the polls. I mean, it's you know, it's almost like a presidential election. You can it's a it's a midterm general election, but I say it is a presidential election of sorts. Well, we need to treat it like a presidential election. The high watermark for turnout for African Americans, like any community, is during presidential election. If we get a presidential election level turnout, we will win. Uh, and I define winning uh, by the number of African Americans who participate in this election cycle to ensure that our values and our votes are heard. Uh, in this current political environment, the values of the African-American community is more important than any other time because of the climate of racial hatred. Hmm. Now, I, I want to play the devil's advocate. You know, you say, if we turn out like a presidential election, we will win. What is the win? Is it just because it's an African-American or a woman, uh, the someone in the resistance? What is the win to you? For the NAACP, a win for us is increased voter participation. In order for democracy to work, people must participate through voting. We, there are 88 state legislative bodies on the ballot this year. And as a result of that, these legislators, they would determine the outcome of the redistricting process in 2020. These legislators would determine state policy, which is inclusive of criminal justice and education. These legislators would determine whether or not their state called for a constitutional convention to rewrite our Constitution. Our very, uh, the very value of democracy is at stake. Our lives are at stake as, as it relates to African Americans. And it's interesting you talk about the state legislators and and, 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 and coming together and rewriting the Constitution. Um, as the president is talking about uh, creating a policy uh, to 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 stop the birthright uh, that's in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. Um, what say you about that? I mean, just 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 for this moment in time. And he's doing that um, as a hype for people who support him to go out to the polls uh, to get his to, to rally his base. But this has been an undertone of the conservative movement for a while now. They are reading and projecting the shifting demographics of this country. And as a result of that, they want to redefine the definition of citizenship so they can maintain a white majority control. White supremacy don't quit because a few black folks step up. White supremacy continue to try to manage and maintain power. But it's incumbent upon African Americans to turn up. Our vote is our currency. And in this democracy, our collective vote will hold it accountable and to make sure not only from the White House, but all across the country, the, the hatred that's germinating, we can make more accountable and hold people to a higher standard and in some cases send them to jail. Hmm. So let's talk about let's talk about the vote. Um, this is unprecedented what we're seeing in 2018. We're now voting without full protections of the Voting Rights Act. This is now like the third cycle of elections, I believe, since um, the Voting Rights Act has been gutted. Correct. 
The Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act was rendered unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. Uh, it's a decision that has now created the, a reality where res, voter registration applications are not being processed. And as a result of that, the NAACP, we had to file a lawsuit in Shelby County, Tennessee, where Memphis is located, and we successfully won that uh, lawsuit, uh, along with the Lawrence Committee for Civil Rights, we had to file a lawsuit in Georgia because of the refusal to, of processing voter registration applications. We fought, we filed multiple lawsuits in terms of polling place locations. And in fact, uh, we are supporting young people at Perry View A&M with a lawsuit currently where they're trying to limit access to polling. This is all a result of the Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act being written on Constitution, constitutional. And that simply said, before you make a change in the election procedure, practice, or process, it must be pretty clear to ensure you don't have an adverse effect on uh, minority communities. And what we're seeing now, without that check, uh, the conservative movement is doing all they can to have an adverse effect and, and suppress the vote of black folks. So the president keeps talking about voter fraud. What about voter suppression? What do you think well, the president should be doing? Voter fraud and voter suppression is the same thing. And if we make it a, a crime for those individuals charged with the responsibility of carrying out our election process, we wouldn't have this problem. If you want to talk about voter fraud, it is voter fraud for the current Secretary of State of Georgia, who's running for governor, to seek to suppress the vote so he can get an outcome in his favor. He should be held accountable. If it's voter fraud, election commissioners refuse to process voter registration applications. That is voter fraud. If you want to find voter fraud, look at the individuals who are carrying out elections and they're seeking to suppress the vote. Hmm. So let's talk about what's at stake. Um, you know, we've talked around about the election and, and the processes and the things that we should be concerned about. But what about what's at stake? What's at stake November 6, 2018? Our lives are at stake. If you, you think about a friend of mine, well, many of us all have friends who have pre-existing health issues. And if we don't change the trajectory of what's taking place, uh, my friend who has lupus, she's going to be vulnerable because she cannot afford the, the, the health insurance. When my 19-year-old son leaves campus, from Tougaloo College, and he just go down the street. I am concerned whether or not he's going to be pulled over and held to a standard that's neither legal or, or fair. That's what's at stake. What's at stake is the reality that the future that we want, want to have for our children may not be what it could be because you have individuals seeking to contain and control, particularly African Americans, and uh, a way in which they can maintain a cheap labor force or a matter of the right us to the criminal justice uh, system. That's what's at stake. We must turn out and vote. Huh. So we have a wave of teachers who are running for office. We have a wave of women who are running for office. We have a wave of minorities who are running for office. And we have three African Americans who are running for governor in southern states. Um, several of them are very viable. Uh, in Florida, you have the president actually attacking... Andrew Gillum saying he's a thief because he is leading, uh, beating by a wide margin, 
Mr. DeSantis, his his Republican opponent. You have Stacey Abrams in Georgia, who is leading by a point. And in Maryland, it's a fight for Ben Jealous, um, you know, uh, against his opponent, the governor of Maryland, the Republican governor, Larry Hogan. What do you think about all of, of, of this new wave of people poised, these this new crop of people who are poised? It's not, this is typically a white male-dominated industry, politics. Now we're seeing a new group coming. We are witnessing the reality of the shifting demographics where we have competent, capable, and compassionate individuals offering themselves up to run for office and who will represent the best interest and needs of our community and many communities. You know, a democracy, a society is only as healthy as how we treat our elderly, prepare and train our young people and care for the disadvantaged. And the individuals that I'm seeing that who are offering themselves up will do that. And that is the success of this cycle. But that's also the fear of many conservatives, and that is why we're seeing both suppression methods and, and, and comments that's germinating from the White House that's, that's racially charged uh, with intolerance. That, that's pretty much a throwback to the 1950s and 60s. So at the last NAACP convention, there was a theme, a pervasive theme, vote against hate, vote, you know, um, combat hate vote. Is that really what it is this 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 day, this moment just before the elections? This year's theme for the NAACP is defeat hate vote. We recognize the increase in racial life incidents across the country. We also recognize many of these incidents as a result of the messages germinating from the White House when we have a sitting president who clearly is a racist. And I define a racist as one who seeks policy that is racial in nature, make comments that is racist in nature, and have a complete disdain for anyone who's not like him. That is a racist, and we have that person sitting in the White House, and we recognize in NAACP the history of what this could be, and as a result of that, our theme is defeat, take, vote. Well, as we see clearly that there is a, an, um, a concerted effort to control the browning of America, we've heard a lot of rhetoric, but I'm going to say this, um, and I'm going back to January when I asked the president, are you a racist? I had asked um, someone high ranking in your organization, what is the definition of a racist? And they said it was simple, the intersection or the meeting of power and prejudice. And I absolutely agree. And, and we see that take place. If the individuals who are aligned with the president will have their way, we will be looking at an apartheid America. We must do all we can to prevent that. And because for those of us who live in the South, we know what an apartheid America could mean for our future and our children. And that's what's at stake for this election. We must assert our power. And in a democracy, our vote is our currency. And through collective efforts, we can win because we've done it before. So in in the last few minutes that we have or moments that we have, what should Americans do who are going to the polls? And if they find some kind of irregularity, 
what kind of irregularity should we be looking for? What is an election irregularity? And what should we do if we encounter an irregularity? First of all, as individuals enter the polling place, they should be able to do so unfeathered with any interruption to cast their ballot. And if they find that there are efforts to create it more difficult to cast the ballot, uh, they should call the hotline. 866 our vote 866-OUR-VOTE, and report it. But more importantly, uh, the best way to overcome vote suppression is to increase voter turnout. And you increase voter turnout by taking the commitment of the power of five. Identify five people that you can encourage to go to the polls. And once you do that, identify five additional people to do the same. The power of five can overcome vote suppression. This is a game of inches, not miles. And what the conservatives are seeking to do is to win in a margin, and we need to make the margin so wide they cannot win. What are the stats that your study, your most recent study on voting, um, has found when it comes to the possibilities of this um, election and voter turnout, particularly for people of color? Well, what we're looking at is high enthusiasm among African-American, especially women. We also did research and realized that African-Americans feel disrespected and how they can assert the, their respect is by making sure we turn out and vote. The consequence of us not voting could be devastating. Everything from how the uh, political boundaries are drawn in 2020 because individuals who are elected this year will be responsible for redistricting in 2020. So we need to set the tone this year. If we don't vote, those political boundary lines will be in place for 10 years following that. So the impact of this year's election will have a devastating uh, effect on us for the next 15 plus years, especially the federal courts, which are lifetime appointments. And lastly, what is the best outcome for the 2018 midterm elections, according to the NAACP? For, for us, the best outcome is presidential-level elections of African-Americans all across the country, but particularly in targeted areas. We don't support political parties or candidates. We do support uh, uh, voter participation. And for us, that's the only way we can make democracy work for all Americans, not just for some Americans. Once again, thank you so much, uh, Derek Johnson, the head of the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Uh, They're pushing people to get out to vote. And like you said, uh, if each person would designate five people to make sure that they get them out to vote, you wouldn't have to worry about issues of voter suppression, correct? That is correct. The, way, the, the number one way to overcome vote suppression is turning out to vote. All right. Turn out to vote November 6th. And if you were able to give your ballot in early, early voting, great. But once again, we're looking for you to go to the polls. Too many people died, were were beaten, bruised, hoses turned on them. And, and even, I mean, we're not just even talking about civil rights movement. Let's talk about the women's movement um, to vote, the women's right to vote and, 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 and blacks right to vote. It's, it's We have a history with this. We've got to go out and do this. Thank you so much, Derek Johnson, head of the NAACP, for joining me with On the Record with April Ryan. Thank you and continue to do the work that you do. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.